Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast, Arnold Enns, who is not only a minister, but a missionary and a media executive. And I don't think we've ever had anyone uh, that we've interviewed from South America. So Arnold, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Craig. It's really wonderful to connect with you via the, uh, the internet and, and obviously um, connect also on a friendship level. We've been friends for so long. Yeah. And I'm so glad to be part of this podcast. Well, thank you very much. We're glad, we're glad to have you. Tell everyone that's listening across the world where you live and uh, tell them a little bit about Khoikam too. Absolutely. So I live in Paraguay. That is in South America. People probably associate Paraguay closer to Brazil. So if you know Brazil, we're right next to it in Argentina, right above Argentina. Uh, been, uh, I was raised and I was born and raised here in Paraguay, lived uh, in many different countries, but uh, for the last 10 years or so, I've been living here back in my um, homeland. Um, I, I work with Koikam, and that is uh, how you and me connected many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koikam is an association movement slash um, network that works throughout Latin America with uh, communicators, broadcasters, pastors, and leaders, uh, mobilizing, equipping, networking, uh, equipping, ne- and, and connecting um, uh, so as to proclaim the gospel using the media. Very, very good. And you were in Bolivia, I believe, in Santa Cruz, uh, Bolivia, um, prior to Asuncion. Was that right? That is correct. Uh, We lived in Bolivia for about eight years in Santa Cruz. Uh, We were um, uh, stationed there after we lived in Miami for several years. And then uh, we we had it. We we used to have two offices for COICOM. One was in in Miami, Florida. The other one was in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. And uh, we felt the leading of the Lord just to move to Bolivia, uh, consolidate the movement from there. And that's where we were stationed uh, for a while. Very good. Very good. Now, there's some interesting uh, background information regarding Arnold. Arnold and I are both Canadians. Um, He's full Canadian. I'm half Canadian. So the half of me that's Canadian is the, the half that likes hockey. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, my family, my family uh, on the Canada side is from uh, British Columbia, uh, Victoria, BC uh, proper. And for Arnold and his family, I believe from Manitoba, is that right? That is correct. Uh, actually, uh, most of my relatives, they live in Ontario. Oh, okay. But um, I lived for many, many years in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Manitoba was home to, uh, to my family. And now my kids, they live out in BC. They live close to Vancouver in a town called Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we still have a, a great connection with our um, Canadian heritage. Very, very good. Now, what I, I don't know if Arnold remembers, but my great-grandfather lived in Manitoba, uh, owned a wheat farm 
and my grandfather, uh, Clifford, grew up on that wheat farm, and it was outside of Brandon in a little town called Oak Lake, a little farm town, Oak Lake, down in the southwest corner of uh, Manitoba. And there came a time where my great-grandpa, William, Bill, he had had enough of the cold of the prairies in wintertime. He said, I'm out of here. And he yeah. sold the wheat farm to the oldest daughter. And uh, he went about as far west as you can go in Canada. And the next stop after that is Japan. So he, <laughs> so he ended up in Victoria, BC. I am very proud of uh, the Canadian side of me. And the other side is Texas. So that's a very interesting mix. Okay, enough about the forest heritage and, and Manitoba, et cetera. Uh, you grew up as a missionary kid, is that right? It, 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 tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my dad uh, and, and mom, they were both Russian. Um, they were born in Russia. And uh, during the uh, Second World War, they, they are of German heritage, so mm -hmm. for ancestry. Right. And so during the uh, Second World War, they um, took advantage of the uh, German incursion into Russia and retrieved with them uh, escaping uh, communism. And um, they, they went in different ways, obviously different families. But my dad, he uh, um, arrived in Paraguay uh, when he was about 19 years old. Okay. And um, it, he met uh, my mom was he was actually match made by by an aunt of his who said uh, who felt, you know, say, saying that he's a pastor and, and he can't be single. So he needs a wife. So she he, she connected with him, uh, with my mother and, and my mother. Long story short, she she came from Canada. She arrived in Paraguay. They got married. And they established the ministry here in Paraguay. Now, back in the days, I'm talking about 70s, um, they um, began doing um, house visits. And pretty soon thereafter, my dad was um, sort of inspired by Hollywood, by using movies. Wow. And so he would uh, purchase uh, the old film, 16 millimeter film, um, uh, the ones that were available in Spanish. Um, and, and he would take them then out into the countryside, establish in, in a place, a big screen, basically a big movie theater and inviting people to watch movies. Now, back in those days, there was hardly any television available. There was maybe uh, one or two channels and, and people had uh, television sets like very sporadic, very far in between. So this was a major attraction mm -hmm. to them. So to come into the town hall uh, on a plaza in a park with a big screen, free movies. And obviously, those movies were well, obviously they were Christian, but um, he used them as an evangelistic tool, and you know, therefore proclaiming the gospel and using them to draw people in and all that. So that's very that's love, very clever, so, very clever, and yeah. using uh, leveraging media for good use. Exactly, and and um, like I said, in those days, this this was an attraction for the whole township. There would be hundreds, and some places thousands, that would come together to to watch big screen movie um, with film, uh, and and then hear the gospel. So uh, we uh, we accompanied my dad as as often as we could. We lived in the city. We were going to school, but we would accompany him into um, these places. He would stay out there for a week, two weeks, every evening 
um, uh, doing holding these evangelistic campaigns. And that in itself was sort of also for us um, uh, a, a model for using media. So we love media. We got into media. In fact, uh, all three of, uh, we're five in the family, two sisters and, and three and two brothers I have. So it's like three boys. We were all very drawn into media. Uh, and that is sort of where we segued away into broadcasting and working and production TV and radio and so forth. But it all started with um, my dad, who as a missionary used the media very strategically uh, to proclaim the gospel. Excellent. Excellent. And now you may not know this, but the town that Rebecca, my wife, Rebecca and I live in, in Lodi, California, is filled with Germans from Russia. Hmm. Thousands and thousands of Germans from Russia migrated to Lodi by way of North Dakota. And their parents before them, the grandparents, uh, came from either the Volga area or Ukraine. And they were originally uh, invited by Catherine the Great, who was German, but the Tsarina of Russia. She invited Mm -hmm. German farmers and their families to come to Ukraine. It wasn't called Ukraine then. It was still just part of Russia. And uh, they came and they stayed for about a century or so, two or three generations. And in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when things politically started to uh, lead to the Russian Revolution, they left for the Dakotas, and after a generation in the Dakotas, they ended up in Lodi, uh, California, a grape town, because they knew how to do what was called, is called dry farming. It required very little irrigation in Lodi for the grapes, and there's 120,000 acres of grapes in Lodi in any one direction, and they were experts at dry farming, and they were recruited by uh, grape uh, growing companies and farmlands, uh, the guys especially, to come out, come out to California, we have a job for you. And so for the last century to a century and a half, Lodi filled up Northern California with Germans from Russia. And they, uh, my, our little Pentecostal church, we used to have German language services on Monday night. And the songs and the preaching would all be in German. And I remember as a little, little boy and people that are German are fascinated that there are Germans from Russia. Uh, and my question to you is, did, did your dad and mom ever teach you Russian as a, as a kid? Yeah. Well, you know, that's an amazing story because um, the, uh, uh, my parents, they come from Mennonite background. Now mm-hmm. Mennonites are German of origin, Sure. obviously, and, and they're exactly the same story of all these German farmers that moved um, to, uh, to Russia uh, during the uh, Zarina uh, Catherine, as you m- mentioned. They moved there, and, and so they retrieved later. So Russian, um, my, both my parents, my dad passed away, but my mother, both of them speak, uh, spoke Russian. We never learned Russian. German was the, uh, the, the language spoken in our house. And, and so we grew up with, uh, with German and then obviously Spanish and English and what so, so forth. So it, um, Russian, we never learned. They, they just taught us a few words here and there, but nothing great. Uh, un- understood. But think, think of this. How many families have German, Spanish, and English as the primary language un- languages under the roof? That's, that is 
fascinating that those those languages all blended together. And of course, would you say that your Spanish accent is a Paraguayan? What would you say? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because I travel throughout Latin America and I'm sort of a chameleon and so of sorts. Uh, whenever I, I land in a certain country, I sort of uh, adapt to the local sure. lingo. Yeah. Um, so it isn't many, many here in Paraguay will say, I don't speak exactly Paraguayan accent mm -hmm. and it has to do just because I adapt, um, to international Spanish, if you sure. will, uh, sure. without it. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, the, uh, the story of MKs in general will be that at least, uh, two languages are spoken. Sure. If you ask, uh, because obviously, because they travel overseas, they serve overseas, and, and so they learn different languages and they incorporate it. Now, the interesting thing is um, with our family, as we, we have three main languages, we, we mix and match. And there's absolutely no problem with mixing and matching languages. So for certain words, you know, we just can't think of that word in English. So we'll just say it in Spanish or in German and, and it'll be perfectly all right. We all understand the same thing. Sure. Uh, in, in that respect, it is really enriching uh, to um, be open, to have traveled and to uh, incorporate other cultures and, and, and customs and habits and so forth. Really enjoying our time with Arnold Lenz. Join us in the next episode. We'll learn more and enjoy more. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.